Ogumba Wale for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, women's basketball fans. Happy Tuesday. What is today? November 10th. And uh, I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, coming to you for a essential resources for WNBA fans. Of course, you're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Again, Erica Lindsay Ayala. I am your Tuesday, Thursday host. And on Tuesdays, I like to give essential resources. And we're going to talk about one specific platform today. I'm going to give you a a clip from an interview that I did with this particular platform that was for a story that I did on Cheryl Swoops. And there have been a lot of great stories. And there's even been a pivot for this platform that I personally am very excited about because I love a strong crossover. Um, But first, let's get a little bit of business out of the way. If you don't listen to our Social Justice Thursdays episode, what are you waiting? What are you waiting on? Every Thursday, I'm talking about social justice as it relates and pertains to women's basketball. Last week, did a lot of talking about the election. And of course, um, we have the the president-elect has been announced uh, as Joe Biden which means vice president-elect is Kamala Harris, um, which means there is a regime change in the works. We have not gotten a concession speech as of yet, but specifically, I just am giving an overview. I know Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Otterbert talked about this on Monday a little bit, but um, I really want to talk about Georgia. I spent a lot of time talking about Georgia on Thursday, so you should go listen back to that. I'll probably talk about it again this coming Thursday because... Um, There's still work to be done, not only with the one race that that I talked about Thursday, but there's another race, um, and that's going to reflect the Senate in particular. So Georgia on the mind, as they say, as they sing, uh, for sure. But um, we're going to get into it. As I said, this is your essential resources for women's basketball fans. I've talked about... Lindsey Gibbs and Power Plays, Matt Ellentuck, his newsletter just popped into my email inbox today. Definitely check his out. I haven't given a full overview, so Matt will give you some love on on another show, but I've talked about uh, across the timeline. I've talked about Her Hoop Stats. I've talked about Windsider. So many amazing platforms. Of course, I talked about the hottest collaboration when it comes to apparel, which is, of course, my girl, Jasmine Baker, also known as We Got Game, the number two, and uh, Kev over with, Kevin with um, New Jersey Sets. And so if you haven't pre-ordered, I don't know, you might have missed out on the Fuego shorts that they have. They also have stickers. There's some cool stuff that New Jersey Sets have has that I'm about to cop for myself for the holidays. I ain't giving it to nobody else. I'm copping it for myself. So anyway, if you lo- if you want to know more about women's basketball uh, resources and culture, Tuesday's show is where it's at. But I teased it a little bit. I don't know if y'all picked up on the hints, but we are talking about the one, the only, Made for the W today. I am so excited. Made for the W. Listen, um, Made for the W has been putting people on when it comes to the shoe game for a minute. 
Um, and I'm just really excited because I'm not gonna, you know, y'all can look into if you want, um, you know, some of the pivots, I'll put it that way, that the brand has had to make. Um, we're not going to really get into that. We're going to keep this celebratory. We're going to talk about all of the good things coming out of Made for the W and um, everything that you need to know. But if you go to madeforthew.com, you can get uh, everything about sneakers, game day, culture, etc. And so... Who are we talking about when we talk about Made for the W? Well, I'm going to let you know. So you have Bria Janelle and Melanie Carter, both co-founders. Bria handles social management. Mel handles brand partnership and business strategy. Then you have Simran Kaleka, general counsel and marketing, and Stanley Wakefield for sales and ops, sales and operations. And I had the pleasure of speaking to Bria, Melanie, and Simran for the... Uh, SI Sports Illustrated daily cover that I did on Cheryl Swoops, but specifically on the Air Swoops. So I was able to talk with Bria, Mel, and Simran earlier um, this year, and it was my first time getting to, you know, chop it up with the folks from Made for the W, and it was such a great conversation. In the next segment, you're going to hear a little bit from that, and of course, I'm going to pop in the description the story. Um, and so you can read the quotes that I pulled for that story. There was also, though, made for the W like a, a month or so before the Swoops story aired. They had their own feature in Sports Illustrated. So you know I'm going to pop that in there. It's called Soul Sisters, the women behind Made for the W, a revolutionizing sneaker culture. This is by Nasha Smith, um, July 16th, 2020. And... Um, you know, what I love here is, uh, you know, under the headline, Addressing the Problem, um, and this is Melanie Carter speaking, we broke down a case study on the WNBA and we were talking about what's happening with marketing. Why aren't players getting brand deals? Why aren't players getting shoe deals? Why aren't companies using the players to promote products that were related to basketball? Um, and I love that quote from the story because I feel like 2020, and I, I know I've certainly talked about it on this show, but 2020 um, and even the CBA um, negotiations leading up to 2020 were all about that. Building a case, making a case for more marketing, for more investment, for more um, engagement and uh, I and um, representation in culture for women's basketball. So I love that quote, and I do think we've seen the tide shift. In my piece, you'll hear me talk about and talk with, I should say, the, the folks from Made for the W, the wonderful women from Made, from the w, Made for the W, about what that looks like specifically for a signature shoe. Anyone who knows women's basketball, you've been around for a minute, you know that Cheryl Swoops was not the only, some people argue that, but she was not the only WNBA player to ever have a signature shoe. But um, I think it goes without argument that her signature shoe was the most successful, the most well-known. The fact that there's even conversation about if other players actually had signature shoes, I think tells you all you need to know about... Um, 
it tells you all you need to know about how that um, how those shoes were rolled out. Um, and actually, you'll hear from Mel, Bria, and Semron about that a little bit again in the next segment. But I want to walk you through. So if you go to, again, madeforthew.com, obviously they have an amazing social media presence, but I'm going to take you to the website. So it's not just about the sneaker game, which is so important um, and I, I think has become so important to basketball culture, but it's also blending their specific angle to the game day stuff and to you know some of the cultural stuff that does come into the locker room and stuff like that. There's the top 10 sneakerhead list 2020. Number one, Tosh Cloud. Uh, made for the W top 10 sneakerhead class of 2020. Um, who we got on here? Arike is on here. Essence Carson is on here. Man, Erica Wheeler, Stewie is on here, Asia Wilson. Um, ooh, number nine is a little bit surprising to me. That's a little bit surprising to me, but I'm going to let y'all go check that out. Um, so so that's what they do on the website. But what I love, especially on Instagram, I kind of keep up with Made for the W mostly on Instagram, on IG. Uh, you'll see that they are able to have athletes come in and do unboxings. When when we were in the Wubble, you would see athletes on Made for the W, whether it's a IG Live or something like that, interview style, but also just kind of doing the athlete doing it themselves, having access to um, athletes talking about their shoe collection. Again, I can't afford this, so I can't necessarily relate. But again, I know enough to know that this is definitely a part of sneaker culture. And for someone who now doesn't, I don't have to work in an office, y'all. Like I don't go to meetings that I have, especially now are on Zoom. So I'm looking to be a little bit more casual. So Made for the W is definitely the spot that I go to. Um, Kia Nurse is on here a bunch uh, with, you know, the new Air Jordans walking through that. Um... I love it. I love it. I really do. I I know enough to know that this is massive and there's a lot of money here, which is what I love. I, and, and, you know, Made for the W's put me on. They keep an auntie fresh. Uh, not necessarily in what I'm wearing, but just in being able to have the conversation. So, um, and again, if you're not into shoes as much as sneakerheads, and I'm definitely not... The thing that I I take away from this is one, it's visibility for athletes. And that is always good. Visibility, they always say any press is good press, right? But WNBA players have, they're the market for women's basketball players, period. In my opinion, and I've said this over and over again, has been artificially um, suppressed. You know, we don't talk about glass ceiling as much as we did like in the late 90s, early 2000s, or maybe that's just how I remember it because that's when I was growing up. But the idea of a glass ceiling is that you can see the top, you can see the opportunities that exist above your level where you happen to be at, but you don't have the option. There's this barrier, the glass ceiling. You don't, you're not, you don't have access to level up. You don't have access to rise to the next level to continue your path and and to hit another level you are again artificially suppressed into a specific pocket and made for the w in my opinion is one of the places from a culture perspective 
that is breaking down that glass ceiling. So I promise that you would hear from Mel, you would hear from, I promised, I promised that you would hear from Bria, from Mel, and from Simran. That's coming up in our next segment. Also, before we leave for today, Tuesday's essential resources for women's basketball fans, I'm also going to give you some news in case you don't know, because Made for the W within the last few weeks has made a shift to their platform that, again, I'm really excited about. So all of that coming up next. So I've been talking about Made for the W. I talked to you a little bit about the glass ceiling, but what we have for you and what we're going to talk about is how you need to not just break through the glass ceilings that are artificially imposed on women's basketball culture and society and economics and all of that, but you also need to know how to break through your wall. Yes, we're talking built go. We're talking energy in your pocket. I, I am holding a, a built go chocolate coconut energy pack. It's 1.5 ounces, 90 calories, 100 milligrams of caffeine, 15 grams of protein. This thing, it, it fits in my hand. It's the, the length of my hand. Uh, it is the size, the, the length, the height, I should say, of my phone. That's how portable this is. So whether you're talking a mental wall, a physical wall, you can break through it with go every day. And I mentioned I happen to have in my hands right now, thanks Built Go. I talked about a plug. Thanks Built Go for sending me these because I have the chocolate coconut right now. I'm not even a big coconut fan, like as far as like the, the taste of coconut, but I, I love this right here for Built Go. But they also have peanut butter honey and chocolate mint. So here's the offer. You're gonna go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let go! All right, as promised, I want to get into this interview with Made for the W. So again, I was talking to Bria, Mel, and Simran. We were talking about the air swoops but I also talked about how they got into the sneaker game um, and the sneaker culture game and why that's important and why made for the W even exists here's that interview and first just you know what for each one of you attracted you to being able to utilize your platform or more I should say create a platform where you're able to bring that sneaker culture to women's basketball uh, you want to start now? Can we go down the line? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so for me, um, I've, I've been a good speaker for, oh my God, since, what, 97, since elementary school. Um, and so it was kind of like a second nature thing to me. Like, I, I didn't really look at it as, you know, just, it, we just did it, right? Um, the first that I ever, like, purchased with my own money were the AI uh, questions, and he was, like, my first basketball player that I kind of looked up to when it came to, like, purchasing the shoe, 
Um, so to actually get that shoe and have it in elementary school, like I was, I was really stunned on them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it just, it was just a second nature thing to like really just be into shoe culture. Um, and so for, for me, being a woman in sports, I started working on the NBA side. I was producer for NBA TV. Um, and so, you know, Bria and Sim and I, we all met in Atlanta, um, at a, at a basketball tournament. And, you know, we just always had kind of this sense of how do we help women in the sports space? You know, I'm an advocate for, for, for women, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, just because I saw working in an organized space, how much we were denied, you know, different positions and things like that. Um, and so for the idea to come around, um, Bria had, you know, she came to me and she said, hey, you know, I think I have something. We, we sat down, we talked about it, and it was how do we turn shoe culture um, or how do we get the women to be more visible on a mainstream level? And that was, like, the first question of what we do in understanding that sneaker culture is something that everybody loves, right? Whether you're into them or not, everybody has a pair of sneakers in their closet, um, and so it was like, we needed to create a gender neutral platform that was going to be able to allow people to express themselves just outside of the court. Um, we saw like just the things that was happening around with media. Um, I think the focus was necessarily on could, could they play, you know, um, what else, you know, sexuality. That was like the talk around the women and we just didn't know their personality. Um, and so that is where we sat down and said, Hey, the the connector is definitely sneaker culture because we saw them doing it on the NBA side. They didn't really have a marketing plan for it. They didn't have a strategy for it, but we saw that they were getting into it. Um, and so for us, it was like, okay, we can create a platform that allows us to um, connect the fan base to the player and also connect the brand to the player. I think that's the most unique thing about us is that we don't have to pitch the player to the actual brand. The brands literally have seen what these women are doing, and they're going to them now. Um, and so that was the most unique thing about, you know, what we were able to do with our platform. And it, and it really started to become this visible layer, extra layer outside of the game, uh, so that the fans can start connecting with them on a personal level. So that's why you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's rough, Mike. <laughs> so, so as far as um, Mike Mel said, we all uh, collectively met at a at a poem that we worked um, in in Atlanta. And I've been in the sports space professionally for over ten years now. Um, but for me, sneaker culture started at a young age. Um, I was able to buy my first pair. Um, my first pair of shoes were the cement threes, and I'm from Chicago, so I was here uh, during the reign of Jordan um, and the Bulls, and my family was a big uh, Bulls family, and for me, uh, sneaker culture was really close to my heart because it was reminiscent of my childhood. It was reminiscent of where I'm from and my surroundings and my love for the game of basketball. Um, I also played up until high school as well, but um, for me, I knew that what I 
I loved basketball was my first love, and as well was sneakers. And like Mel said, it just came naturally. We didn't do it to prove a point, and we were doing it when no one else was really checking for it, like to a point where it's like we're very tomboyish. <laughs> um, but for us, it was our natural. That was our natural. Like we naturally gravitated towards that, and we stuck with it. Um, but to the at the cost bearing of basketball and sneaker culture and understanding how strongly they go hand in hand, I knew eventually that I wanted to incorporate those both of those lanes into what I do. So um I did sports entertainment law and I became a sports entertainment law attorney and I worked for a sports agency and uh had players in the NBA and overseas and understanding that being in this space is great and being able to utilize the knowledge and relationships is, is amazing. But I think what we all collectively understood is that there wasn't a place for women to flourish and be seen and heard beyond, um, beyond just being an accessory to the man on display at the moment uh, in the athlete perspective. And what it made us realize is that we have to create a space. We can't wait for someone to do it for us. We can't wait for someone to give us a seat at the table. We just have to carve our own table out and hope that people adhere and listen and tap in and understand that we were only able to create this space because it didn't exist before. And that is very problematic in understanding that we can't just talk about the issues without being the difference. Um, so for us, seeking to actually be the solution um, and sparking other entities to understand that they should follow suit and inspire that change and ripple effect, um, it brought it full circle for us because that's what it's really about. And understanding that people are finally paying attention to what we knew all along. So, yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of echo what Melanson says. Except for on the, the sneaker side, I caught on to the lifestyle train late in life. For me, it was always like, who had the dopest sneakers on the court? You know, playing, and I played in high school and I played in college. So it was always like, yo, who's breaking out, you know, the, the dopest sneakers on the court? You know, so I, I, I got into lifestyle post-college and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't purchase my first like real, like, pair of my own, like, lifestyle pair of my own. It was Air Jordan 1 until I went to L.A., you know. LEDs are dope. And I think that kind of, you know, sparked my interest in, in sneakers because, for me, it had always been, like, I, I mean, I have a plethora of, of, of basketball sneakers, you know, that I played in. Um, but more so the off the court, I got into, like I said, later in life. Um, but I think just, again, echoing what they said, for us, it was just about leaving the game better than what we found it. You know I mean? I think we all know young ladies who are coming up and who, you know, who we want to see, you know, thrive and do well in this space of women's basketball. And, you know, I, I as well come from a basketball background. And I think also uh, on a selfish tip, it was like, how do, you know, these ladies are our friends and they spend most of their time overseas. So it's like, you know, when Mel and I first sat down and had a conversation, it was like, how can we, you know, collectively come together and do something where we, I mean, they don't have to go overseas. You know, I mean, it would be beautiful 
that they didn't spend, you know, seven or eight months overseas and that they can be over here, you know? So it's just like, how do we give them that platform and exposure that they need that, as now, you know, mentioned before, that brands are coming to them. And, you know, I mean, like I said, selfishly, it's like, we can hang out with our friends more, you know? Um, so, you know, I think that's why, you know, our platform has been so instrumental and influential in, in women's, not only sports, but sneaker culture. Absolutely. It was a huge problem that I would see where they would come out with a basketball sneaker, and we would see, like, a model modeling them. When you had a full range of actual black basketball players <laughs> who could actually mm-hmm. come with the brand. Um, and so for us, we definitely have to, you know, figure out a way to change it or be the change around that. Like, yeah, they, they wear basketball shoes, guys. Like, you know, you don't have to go and get a model to sell this particular silhouette you actually have real players um who can actually promote it and so that was a big thing for us as well it, it, it like Bria said like yes they needed other ways to essentially make money to stay here um and you know if they want to go overseas they go overseas but to have those brand deals coming back that was something that you know we knew that was needed um you know they should have never been left out of the conversation so As we close out the show, this is our final segment. I am very excited. I mentioned this, but Made for the W um, has expanded to not just being for women's basketball, which is how they started, but now the platform includes women's sports. And I love this. I absolutely love this. Now, I might not know women's basketball, sneaker culture, but... Growing up, I mean, cleats, the cleat game, I played softball in case y'all don't know, but the cleat game, like, was something serious. And so I love it now. You can see that Made for the W is shouting out Alicia Ocasio, who played with Athletes Unlimited, and um, which was a new model. I actually do the newsletter for Athletes Unlimited, so you should you should go subscribe to that. I'll put the link in the description. But talking about her cleats so not only do we see custom shoes for women's basketball but there are custom cleats there's been a thing custom shoes in other sports of course Naomi Osaka she had custom masks but I mean the footwear what athletes choose to wear on and off the field on and off the court on and off the pitch that's there's money in that there's absolutely money in that so if you now look at made for the w october 30th alicia ocasio uh they also have promoted Ooh, they had a fire tweet about tobin heath tobin heath is a football or soccer player soccer in the united states but i prefer to say football anyway tobin heath is like the most chill i don't even know like just like just cool. I mean, when you think of cool, like chill, and you think of calm and like effortless, but also kind of sharp, like, I don't know, I think of Tobin Heath. And so now Made for the W is promoting Tobin Heath in all of her fantabulous, like low-key leisure swag. I, I just, I love it. Tobin Heath is dope. I mentioned Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka, um, has a Nike blazer mid that is custom for her 
that, okay, I, I've been looking at the blazers for a minute. Again, I'm trying to get a little more comfy in what I wear for my shoe game. And I, I've been looking at the blazers because I just think there's like a nice cleanness to it. You could dress it up. You could dress it down without it being like, I don't need all this extra. I'm not going to wear like basketball sneakers per se when I'm dressing up in a blazer. As That's just me. That, I'm probably not going to do that. That's just a lot of money. But the blazers, clean look, like it. These by Naomi Osaka, oh man, I love them. I absolutely love them. Uh, home is where the heart is. It's got her signature, like all of this stuff. So now this, this resonates with me personally. I'm not into sneak basketball sneaker game, but I understand and appreciate women's sports culture and opening up now exactly what made for the W has done for women's basketball, doing that for women's sports. I love a strong crossover and I am here for this. So all in all, what did we learn today? Auntie ain't got no money. She has no understanding of sneaker culture, but Made for the W does. And Auntie loves a nice strong crossover and Made for the W is now going to bring Auntie into 2020 and beyond by examining and highlighting and appreciating and creating content that amplifies that, yes, women in sports, women athletes can have and will continue to help brands sell apparel and footwear. That's what we have learned. That is what we have learned. And they're doing it in a way um, that places like, for example, the WNBA never got off of the ground, but now see opportunity in and have started to cash in, if you will, on um, what we see uh, the WNBA social media now upholding, which is WNBA kicks. Again, I'm trying not to get too much into the history. Uh, for those who don't know it, I know this is going to be a little bit frustrating, but um, y'all should look that up. The point is that culture is always coming from the players and a lot of times it's independent creators, artists, writers who, who identify that there's a movement, that there is uh, money in, in these things. And then larger companies and organizations and leagues then take that. But you have to respect the entrepreneurs, the pioneers, and made for the W is up there. So this has been another Tuesday Essential Resources for Women's Basketball Fans. We're talking sneaker culture with Made for the W. And while, yes, they started out speaking um, and amplifying specifically women's basketball and are still women's basketball heavy, if you are fans, if you are a fan of other women's sports, be on the lookout. Listen, in their promo video, they had Blake Bolden up in that joint. Now, for those who know, I... I have found myself knowing a lot more about hockey than almost any other sport at this particular moment in my life, which is very, very interesting to me. Didn't see that happening. But let me tell you, Blake Bolden, woo, sis, 
listen, I don't even, I don't even, I can, this can, this can be, this is about to be a whole nother podcast. If you want to know about Blake Bolden, go listen to the Founding Four podcast. Basically listen to anything that, where I am talking about hockey, because I always mention Blake Bolden. Yo, Blake Bolden, style on point, uh, a pioneer in the game. First black woman so many times over and over again, including right now, she's with the LA Kings. First black woman to serve as an NHL scout. Bam, Blake Bolden. Also the name, her name is just, it is a brand. And I've actually talked to Blake about why her mom named her Blake. That's some social justice Thursday stuff. So again, I love Blake Bolden. When I saw Made for the W in the promo, had Blake Bolden in there, AJ Andrews, Alicia Ocasio. I was like, let, let's go. Let's go. I'm here for it. Made for the W. Check them out at Made for the W on social media. Of course, madeforthew.com. And in the description to this podcast, you can find the uh, two links for the Sports Illustrated articles, the one on Made for the W and the one that I referenced um, that's about the air swoops. So go check that out. I hope you enjoyed this. If you have other essential resources that I haven't tapped into yet, let me know. Hit me up. DMs are open, but are definitely screened. You can hit me up at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8 on my social media, on Twitter in particular. You can also find my email. So if you want to email me, you can do that as well. Um, let me know. I have a I have a list that I'm putting together. Eventually, I want to also set up interviews with some of these creators um, to talk a little bit more about the different directions that they're taking, especially now that we're still dealing, especially that we're still dealing with COVID and all of that jazz. So let me know. Hit me up. Let me know what you want to know more about. And I will be back on Thursday, of course, as part of Locked On Women's Basketball coverage. And we're going to be talking social justice. I hit about the, I hit on that. A little bit in the top of the show, but Georgia on the minds. Got to focus on Georgia um, and college basketball. Um, and I want to get into. I know I've, I, I keep talking about the Big East. I think it's because I just wrote a Big East preview, a big old Big East preview. So Big East is on my mind. But there's something that Commissioner Val Ackerman said that I want to share um, and that I want to explore a little bit for this week. So we're going to be talking more so um, Val Ackerman. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Big East. We're going to be talking about some of the partnerships that the Big East has t- undertaken. But there's something specific that um, Val Ackerman said that I appreciated in that, that she wonders if what we see as far as social justice will look different for college athletes than it did for the WNBA. And she was speaking specifically about that there's no wobble. Um, We're still dealing with COVID, but there's no single site. I think that there are a lot of other reasons why it might look a little bit different. The social justice initiatives that we see in college basketball as compared to what we saw in the WNBA. So we're going to get into it. But you are listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite podcast listening platform. Rate and review us. Leave comments. We need all of the engagement. All right, folks. And of course, follow us at Locked on WBB on social media. Until Thursday, Erica Lindsay Ayala. Out. Oh.